It's the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway. Well, hi there, and welcome to the Speedway Show. Enough! Stop cowering beneath your fear, timidity, guilt, and shame, and wield your power. (laughs) And don't stand there asking, what power? Undeniable fact. You have power. Harness it. Wield it. Let no one and nothing diminish it. Shed the shackles of fear and failure that have imprisoned you from achieving the fullness of who you are because those things do nothing for you except hold you back. That's right. I want you to come into the vision of all that you were intended to be. So on this show today, we are going to talk about how you can wield your power. Now, first we're going to talk about what eats away at your power anyway. What is it that is holding you back? Can you think of some things? Let's see. There are life circumstances. Perhaps you were born into a disadvantaged family or a disadvantaged childhood, or perhaps you were abused as a child. Spiritual sabotage, you just, in your spirit, you just don't feel like you're worthy anymore. Maybe you are dealing with fear, shame, guilt, self-deprecation, I am not worth anything, I am not worthy, oh my goodness, my life sucks, I just can't do anything, oh my goodness, life just is horrible. Maybe that is holding you back, but I'm going to suggest to you that actually um, you can overcome all of those things, and you can overcome two Identify and wield your power. Now you might be thinking, what exactly is my power anyway? Because I sure don't feel very powerful. So what power do I really have? We're going to talk about just that. one of you listening to the show, you have personal power. For example, you have the power to do good. You have the power to encourage others. You have the power to love. You have the power to esteem. You have the power to bring out the best in the people around you. You have the power of compassion and understanding. You have the power to kick people in the butt 
and push them to do better and better than they ever thought they could do and that they ever thought that they could do. You have the power to grow others. You have the power to cycle 50 miles every day. There's an upcoming show about that. I want you to listen. Keep an eye out. You have the power to tap into the arsenal of skills, talents, and qualities that you were born with. And don't look at me and say, I wasn't born with anything. Everybody has talent that they are given at birth by God. It is proven. And if you don't believe me, think about every single person you know, and I'll bet you you can identify at least one thing that they are good at or skilled at. And if you ask the people around you, they can identify probably more than one thing that you are good at or skilled at. So don't feel sorry for yourself because you have something. You have the power to tap into the arsenal of skills, talents, and qualities you were born with and do amazing things in ways that only you can do. Now, there are obvious examples of people who have harnessed their personal power. So who do we think of when we think about people like that? Well, we immediately probably think of people like Oprah Winfrey, Mahatma Gandhi, Steve Jobs, Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King, Helen Keller, George Washington Carver. These are people that are often touted as people who have made a huge difference, who have harnessed their personal power and used their particular skills to make the world a better place. But I'm going to give you some lesser-known examples. Some of them will ring a bell when I say them. Some of them you might go, hmm, really? But I'm going to give you different examples of how you can wield your personal power to make a significant difference in the world, okay? So here we go. Maybe you can wield your power based on the job that you currently have. For example, you might not have heard of a gentleman by the name of Paul Rusesabigi. I had to practice that one and I still got it wrong. Now, you will not, you might not know his name, but um, you might know him when I describe him to you. Paul was the Rwandan hotel manager and humanitarian known for hiding and protecting 1,268 refugees during the Rwandan genocide. None of these refugees were hurt or killed during the attacks. He was the assistant manager of the Sabina-owned Hotel de Milcolin before he became the manager of the Hotel de Diplomat, both in Rwanda's capital of Kigali. During the genocide, he used his influence and connections as temporary manager of the Hotel de Milcolin to shelter Tutsis from being slaughtered 
by the militia. You might remember that Rusesa Bagina's efforts were the basis of the Academy Award-nominated film Hotel Rwanda, which was, um, it came out in 2004, and I remember watching it. It was actually very good. Don Cheadle um, played Paul's character. Paul is still alive. He, st- uh, he currently lives in Brussels in Belgium with his wife and four children and two adopted nieces. So there is a man who didn't wake up one day and say, ooh, I'm going to be a hero today. He just had life circumstances that created an opportunity for him to make a significant difference. Maybe your particular power, let's go on to a different one, maybe your power can come from you being born into certain personal life circumstances that allow you to wield your power. For example, by divine design, Oskar Schindler was born a German during the Second World War. He is known to millions as a household word for courage, a flawed hero who saved more than 1,200 Jews during, uh, from going to the Nazi death camp. No one will ever know exactly what made this complex man do what no German had the courage to do. But, you know, a a huge part of the fascination of Oskar Schindler is that actually, you know, even the people who admired him the most couldn't quite figure out his motives. But somehow um, he rose to the highest level of humanity and gave his, you know, his, his group of Jews, are called the Schindler Jews, right, he gave them a second chance to live. He earned the everlasting gratitude of the Schindler Jews. And regardless of why, because actually, you know, Oscar Schindler was a flawed man. Um, he was, for example, an alcoholic. And he was apparently a shameless womanizer, um, according to reports. I know. Pretty awful. And, um, but at the end of the day, flawed as he was, God could still use him. Because um, what mattered to the Schindler Jews was that he surfaced from all of this chaos and all of this craziness, and he risked his life and everything he had to save these Jews. And to more than those 1,200 Jews, Schindler was the only thing that stood between them and death at the hands of the Nazis. But he remained true to them. And uh, he always talked about them as my children. And uh, under the shadow of Auschwitz, he kept the SS out of, uh, he kept the SS out and everyone else uh, that he saved alive. And um, in a, he was interviewed back in uh, 1964. And uh, he was asked about what he did. And what he said was, and I quote, the persecution of Jews in occupied Poland meant that we could see horror emerging gradually in many ways. In 1939, they were forced to wear Jewish stars, and the people were herded and shut up into ghettos. Then in the years 41 and 42, there was plenty of public evidence of pure sadism. With people behaving like pigs, I felt the Jews were being destroyed. I had to help them. There was no choice. Now, that's what Schindler
Hitler said. But, of course, you know, there was a choice because there were a lot of other Germans who chose not to help and, in fact, who chose to participate in the Holocaust. Today, there are 7,000 descendants of Schindler's Jews living in the U.S. and Europe, and many of them um, also live in Israel. Before the Second World War, the Jewish population of Poland was 3.5 million, and today there are only between 3,000 and 4,000 left. So the fact that Schindler's Jews um, came out and uh, generated 7,000 descendants is huge. So there is an example of one man who seemed to be in an unlikely position to save other people, but he chose to wield his power in that way. Maybe your power is unleashed by frustration and a burning desire to make the world a better place or even a piece of it. Like, for example, Dr. George Grant. Hitting a golf ball became a lot easier after George Grant invented and patented the first golf tee in 1899. Before he invented the golf tee, golfers carried buckets of sand from hole to hole and built up sand mounds from which they hit the balls. So let's talk about Dr. Grant. He was born in Oswego in 1847 to former slave. Can you imagine? Uh, he was spared most of the discriminatory practices of the South, and he went to Harvard Dental School where he was one of the first blacks to graduate at the school. His class had two black graduates. He was one of the few black dentists in the country at the time. And personally, you know, we talk about it now like it was this great thing. But can you imagine how hard it must have been to be that guy in that position at that time? Now, Grant, nonetheless, was a devoted golfer. He was frustrated with the movement of the ball whenever he tried to hit it from the sand mound. So, as a result... He carved a wooden peg that he could easily push into the ground. The top of the peg was slightly concave to accommodate the ball's curvature. And look at that. Here you have, at the end of the day, the inventor of the golf tee. Now, I am sure he could have felt really sorry for himself and said, Oh, gee, I'm a black man in America. They all hate me. And I used to be, you know, born a former slave. My life sucks because I'm trying to be a dentist and do right, and they keep punishing me, and, you know, heaven knows what else he went through, right? He could have done that, but that's not what he did. He invented a golf tee, golf figure. Had nothing to do with his um, his uh, profession, even. But there he was, harnessing his power. Maybe, as another example, your power is based on a skill that you have that transcends even your circumstances. Like, for example... Sarah P. Good. Now, uh, I talked about Dr. Grant being born to former slaves. Well, Sarah was born into slavery in 1850. Nonetheless, she invented the cabinet bed and was the first African-American woman to be granted a patent in the United States of America. How amazing is that? She owned a furniture store and noted that city apartment dwellers often didn't have a lot of space for their beds. So she came up with this new design that we now know as the hideaway bed. When not used a bed, it, when not being used as a bed, it can be used as a desk. And uh, these days, hideaway beds can also be used as couches. 
So who knew that a woman born into slavery used and wielded her power in order to come up with an invention despite her circumstances? I will give you uh, another example. Maybe your personal power has nothing to do with your job, your life circumstance, but simply the love you have burning inside of you looking for an outlet. Uh, I would actually say I'm an example of that. Uh, the reason I do the show is because I truly believe that it is part of my divine birthright and divine providence and divine assignment to do it. That is the one thing that drives me to do and continue this show. I feel like God has given me a specific set of tools to enable me to do this show. And I, you know, when it's your power, it doesn't seem amazing to you until you try and get somebody else to do it. I have tried to get people on the show and they have run from me because they're afraid of public speaking. I have talked to people about how I do the show and they get completely confused because I've got all these websites and I've got this, you know, apparently somewhat complex schedule for when I do stuff, when do I pre-record the shows, how do they air, how do I get them scheduled, how do I get them queued up. To me, it comes naturally because it is part of my gift. And it doesn't make me amazing, it just means I have a certain aptitude to do it because God would not ask me to do something without giving me the tools. It's just like when you see singer-songwriters, now I am amazed because I can't put a song together to save my life. But you listen to some of them and they say, you know, it just comes. And to them it does because they have that gift. So maybe you have a power inside of you because of some just innate um, passion that you have been divinely given. For example, Mata Amritananda Mai. Her name is Ama for short. Indian spiritual leader Ama has spread her message of love across the world with nothing more than hugs. This woman claims to have cuddled over 30 million people, including celebrities Russell Brand, Sharon Stone, and Susan Sarandon. And all she is doing, believe it or not, is hugging people. And loving wow. Hundreds of people are clustered around. Her name is, she's called the Hugging Saint. Uh, you will, if you uh, go to uh, the posting for the show, com, you will find a link to a story about the Hugging Saint. 57 years old or thereabouts, uh, dressed in white robes, Amma is an Indian guru whose compassionate, love-filled squeezes are said to profoundly affect those who receive them. Um, you know, there's uh, one gentleman who said it's more than just a hug. It is called darshan. Darshan means to see. It's about being connected with something deeper uh, and, and, and your own humanity. It's not about religion uh, and because she hugs people from all faiths. It's just about love. That is the divine mission that she is on to use and wield her power to love other people. And if you watch some of the video footage, it is really quite amazing because you can tell that people who do uh, go to her and do get those hugs and do get held by her look like they are just absolutely transformed. So how are you going to harness your power? 
can give you some ideas, although I bet you can think of a whole bunch now. But let me see if I can trigger some thoughts for you. Stop blaming other people. Stop blaming your circumstances for whatever it is that you are not doing. Take personal responsibility. Some people may have ruined your past, but don't give them permission to ruin your present and ruin your future too. Do not hand over the rest of your life to those who have harmed you. They have no power unless you choose to give it. Forgive those who did you wrong. Might be a lot of work. You might have to write a letter. You might have to unleash your anger. You might have to go tell them. You might have to see a therapist. You might have to pray and pray and pray some more. You might have to practice forgiveness. Mentally visualize how you're going to feel when you see that person after you have forgiven them. And be honest. Do this until you really feel nothing but goodwill toward that person and that knot of bitterness and anger and hatred and fear and that desire to see them suffer in the pit of your stomach is gone. Be able to close the door on all of your negative emotions. Wish them well and mean it. The other person that you need to forgive who actually is often harder to forgive is yourself. It is even harder than asking God for forgiveness. It is even harder than asking other people for forgiveness. Whatever you feel you did, confess it, seek forgiveness to the person you wronged, then go seek forgiveness from God, and don't keep dwelling on whatever it is. Let it go. Don't keep punishing yourself for it because at the end of the day you can't change it. And reliving it in your mind is only going to hold you back. Don't keep looking in the rearview mirror at what might have been because actually the truth is what might have been could never have been because it wasn't. I'm going to say that again. What might have been could never have been Because it wasn't. Accept that. Accept that things could not have gone any other way. You didn't know better. You knew what you knew. You did what you did. Let it go. Accept that there might be consequences for whatever it is that plagues you in your past. Accept those consequences and move through them and move on. And don't assume that everything bad that happens to you is punishment for that thing that you did because, again, you got to let it go. And as many times as you need to, keep giving it to God and let it go because it's, it's not easy. Forgiveness, whether you're forgiving yourself or forgiving somebody else, is a hard thing, and you got to do it over and over and over until you really do it and mean it. So having said all of that, I mean, I went through it like, you know, it wasn't that hard, but I have had to do it. I've had to practice forgiveness. I've had to let go of bitterness over things that I felt were done to me, over wrongs that I feel like were done to me. I have had to forgive myself for wrongs that I felt like I did to others. And uh, sometimes you may well have to. Yeah, you may have to go see the doctor for some help. But Any way you have to do it, let go of the negative things that hold you back. Accept and affirm 
your personal power. As I said, if you don't know what your personal power is and what you have as gifts, go ask your friends, go ask the people who love you. They will tell you why you have the gift to whatever and accept your God-given gifts. Now, understand that no one gets everything, okay? Uh, Donald Trump, he got a whole lot of money, but uh, he also has had several wives, and he didn't get the best hair, right? Oprah Winfrey, she's got this amazing show. She's got an entire network. She has launched a whole bunch of careers and a lot of successful people, but even Oprah struggles with her weight. Something's eating her. Um, And, uh, you know, she'll be the first to tell you because I've heard her shows, and she talks about, I mean, she is not looking for ways to lose weight, right, because she's got at her fingertips um, the best of the best, the best chefs, the best exercise uh, gurus, the best doctors. And so no one gets everything is my point. You didn't get everything, and neither did I, and neither did anybody else. So accept the God-given gifts that you did have, uh, that you do have. Acknowledge them without being boastful, but also accept them without wanting more than you have. Determine how you can use those gifts to help others and make a positive difference. And go beyond your day job and wield your power. So this is Fiwa saying thank you very much for joining me on the show today. And uh, from here on out, I want you, yes, you, to go out there, go in peace, and wield your personal power. Thank you for joining us on The Speedway Show. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for content and other episodes. Join the fan page at facebook.com slash thespeedwayshow. And follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle The Speedway Show. Until next week, live well, live fully, and love deeply.